Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Say, fear not. They that are with us are more than are with them. Amen. How many believe God is in this house? You already felt the presence of the Lord. Amen. Give three people a high five. Tell them they look good in God's house. Amen. Looks like they're having to get more chairs for the youth room. How exciting is that? <clears throat> There's a great verse that is used often whenever the word vision is mentioned. However, it is sometimes confused as to how and what it is actually speaking to. It's Proverbs 29 and 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. This verse and the context by which we find it in is less about the individual vision of each person. It's more about the God-given prophetic vision that they had. It was less about having a picture in one's mind about the future. And it was more about having guidance through God's instruction. Everybody say guidance through God's instruction. When it spoke of vision, it spoke about that time and their God-given guidance was coming through the prophetic statements of the prophets that God had given to them. And God would speak through the prophets and that people would hear what was the word of the Lord and they would take the instruction or not. They would be obedient to the instruction or not. But that was the vision. So it was saying to them that if you get the vision and you obey the vision and submit to the vision, amen, there will be life and there will be victory. But if there is no vision, the people will perish. Amen. This is why when we come to this Vision Sunday and we look at the future of our church, when we look forward with the word multiply, everybody shout multiply. We look forward with the word multiply in our hearts and in our minds that we also remember what it is that we are looking to multiply. What is it that we are trying to multiply? The vision includes the structure that we just talked about. But I need you to understand that is the smaller part of the vision. That's the smaller part of the vision. The larger vision is the message that will go forth. It is the doctrine. It is the gospel. It is the life change that is going to happen, amen, in the future of this church, amen. When we have Commitment Sunday (coughs) coming up and we actually fill out our commitment cards, there will be a line on your commitment card that says, who are you committing for? Amen. 
on the same card that you're going to write down your dollar amount that you're willing to sacrificially give. There's going to be a line for you to write a name or a family or multiple names of people that you are committing for. I'm not just giving to a building, but I'm giving, amen, to souls. I'm giving to reach my family and my friends and, amen, people that we are committing for. Amen. That is why on launch Sunday, we introduced our key verses. The word multiply by itself is too broad until we choose the biblical context by which we are speaking. Deuteronomy 30 tells us, In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, walk in his ways, keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. How many want to grab a hold of that promise right now in the name of Jesus? The vision that we talked about today is steel and brick and windows and siding and paint and carpet. But it's also to love the Lord thy God. It's also to walk in his ways. It's also to keep his commandments, his statutes and judgments. That is also the vision, and it is the bigger part of the vision, the more important part of the vision, because it is that vision that brings about the promise that we can live and we can multiply and that the Lord God is going to bless us. Hallelujah. The vision in Acts 9, 31, our second key verse, then had the churches rest throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria. It was a regional reach that they had. And they were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. The vision has this facility being multiplied in size for sure. That has to happen. But it seeks to be a regional church that operates, amen, in godly revival, but also godly rest and godly edification. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you something that's going to be important about the apostolic Pentecostal church in the days we're living in. People are going to have to come here and find rest. They're going to have to come here and find that there's still a way to live in a troubled world and have peace in your heart. That there's still a way to live in an unknown world, but lay your head down at night and have rest and wake up in the morning and say, I believe that God's going to have control over my day today and everything's going to work together for good. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The vision is that it seeks to be a regional and it includes walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And so I'm here today. I'm here today preaching vision as a pastor and as a shepherd of this church. And if you're a guest here today, thank you for being with us. I'm not your pastor. This may not be your church yet. Amen. And we thank you for coming with us today. But I'm here today preaching this vision as a pastor, and I'm preaching it as a shepherd. If I was just a leader, I would only need to show competency to calm your nerves and answer your questions. If all I had to do was just be a leader, I would just have to convince you that we knew what we were doing. And if I was just a motivational speaker today, I would only need to sell you on the hype of bigger and better. And I'm going to tell you the truth right now. 
Selling people on the hype of bigger and better is one of the easiest things in the world to do. Amen? And if I was a motivational speaker, all I would have to do is sell you on the hype of bigger and better. But as your pastor and shepherd, I have a more significant task. I need us as collective to catch the vision. I need us as a body of believers to catch the vision. It does not work if the vision is only the pastoral staff. It does not work if the vision is only the leadership team. It does not work if the vision is just a member of the church. It has to be the collective body coming together and believing together that this can happen. I appreciate my son lead us in prayer today, and he even said it. It wasn't in his notes when he began to feel that part about coming into one mind and one accord. We have to do that when it comes to this vision. We have got to all get on board. But the only way you're going to get on board is not because I hype you up. The only way you're going to get on board is if you hit your knees and cry out to heaven and say, Lord, give me the vision. Let me see what I need to see to believe. Oh, hallelujah. The vision (laughs) of our friends and family, neighbors, co-workers, lives being transformed. The vision of generational blessing because we live in obedience to God's word. That's the vision. The vision that we are not building any regular structure, but we are building a church house that's going to be dedicated to the Lord God of heaven. And everything that's done in that church house is going to be to the pleasing of the one God most high who sits upon the throne. Oh, hallelujah. The task is not just significant or challenging. This task that is set before us requires our faith to step into the world of the miraculous. And I know that for people to give sacrificially to the degree that will be necessary... They must have a vision that calls them to those levels of faith. We must have a vision that calls us to those levels of faith. I'm reminded of 2 Kings 6. The king of Syria is warring against Israel. But every time the king of Syria thinks that he has positioned Israel for defeat, somehow they are protected. Somehow they get the news in advance. They are miraculously directed a different way. So the king of Syria suspects that he has a traitor in his camp. Verse 11 of 2 Kings 6, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. He called his servants and he said unto them, Will you show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He said, Every time I about have them trapped, every time I about have them positioned for defeat, they somehow get a heads up. Which of you is telling Israel my plans? Which of you is telling them my war strategy and where the attacks are going to come from? And you can imagine his frustration and anger with this situation. But imagine how he feels when he finds out the truth. When his servants look back at him in verse 12 and they say, and one of his servants said, none of us are doing that, my Lord. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, Telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. He says, Lord, king king of Syria, we're we're not betraying you. You had a good war plan. 
It should have worked. Nobody told Israel what was going to happen. But there's this prophet named Elisha. And he hears from God. And he keeps hearing from God the plans. You're trying to keep the plans so secret that you're, you're, you're doing your war room in your bedchamber. And there's only a couple of people even know what we're going to do before we do it. But God is telling Elisha. And Elisha is telling Israel. And there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, hallelujah. In other words, miraculous vision is saving Israel. And what does the king of Syria decide to do? He decides to try to kill the vision. In 2 Kings 6, he said, go and spy where he is. Where's Elisha? That I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he hither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. I want you to begin to transition with me now. From Vision Sunday and future buildings and renderings and blueprints. To making this a Vision Sunday for your personal life. And your future. This day. None of us are promised to even still be here when this church is completed. But we are here right now. And so is a loving, powerful God. And I believe he wants to open someone's eyes to a new vision for your life today. Satan is always trying to steal and kill and destroy. And if he can't do it to you physically, he will attack your life's vision. There are some in this place today that know about how the devil can attack and the enemy can attack your life's vision. There are others that have never even had a God-given vision for your life. And you don't know yet what that feels like or looks like. You've been living for the moment and only responding to what life brings your way. I'm going to tell somebody right now that's not God's plan for you. That he has a vision for your life. That he has a plan, that he has a purpose, that you were created for a reason. And if you haven't begun to figure that out, today would be a good day to find out what your life vision is. Go, he says, and capture Elisha. Surround him and cut him off. They don't need him to know where Israel is going to, to, to go next. They don't care what Israel is doing. They just need to stop him from telling Israel what they're doing. The king of Syria doesn't need to know what Israel's plans are. He just needs to stop Elisha from having vision and telling them what Syria's plans are. And if you can kill the vision, then they would be able to successfully destroy Israel. The king of Syria is saying, if I can just kill the vision, then I'll be able to do whatever I want to do with Israel. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early the next day, verse 15, and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? How shall we do? It's an interesting phrase. We don't talk like that anymore. But it's what are we going to do? How is this going to work? We're all going to die. Ah! I mean, that's not, that's not like the, the Greek or anything, but that's. He wakes up and he walks out and he looks and he sees the Syrian host. 
has them surrounded. And he says, Elisha, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. They've come to kill us because you're the prophet, because you have the vision, because you're helping God's people. Can I just quickly point out that this is another time in Scripture that the enemy shows their fear by overcompensating with a ridiculous attack. Horses and chariots and a great host sneaking in at the middle of the night, surrounding the entire city just to capture one man and his servant. I can't stress this enough. When the enemy is doing everything in its power against you, it's not because they just want you dead fast. It's because they are afraid of what God is doing in your life. Oh, I need somebody to hear me today. When the devil's bringing every weapon he has against you, it's not because he thinks you're an easy target. It's because he's afraid of the vision that God has for your life. He's afraid of what happens if you'll keep the vision. He's afraid of what happens if you'll move forward in faith. He is afraid of you. They want you to be more afraid than they are, but faith will always overcome fear when given the opportunity. You may be looking at disaster in your life right now. I don't know. But don't fear. Why you touch your neighbor on the arm and tell him, don't fear. And now I want you to look back at him and say, no, seriously, don't fear. Instead, before we leave this place today, we need to pray that God will give us a vision of faith. That he will give us a vision of faith. Faith vision is a powerful thing. Brother Herbst talked about it when he was up here. The faith vision of our past buildings. That, that phrase, faith vision, is an, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Amen. It's not my vision. It's not my plan. It's not what I want to have happen. If you come up here and start telling God what you want to have happen, you're going to get yourself in a power struggle. And let me just flip a few pages ahead and let you know how that ends. Power struggles with God are not a good idea. Amen. And if you want to do that, you can do that. But if you'll come up here and pray and say, God, I need a faith vision. I need you to show me what I'm supposed to do. Direct me in the way that I should go. Give me a vision for my future. Give me a vision for my marriage. Give me a vision for my family. Give me a vision, Lord God, of what you have for me. I may not see it all. I may not know it all. You don't have to give me all the details. But just show me, Lord God, what you're trying to do in my life. And I will step out in faith oh hallelujah oh hallelujah master how shall we do now this is actually a relatively new servant to Elisha he didn't have the God experiences yet the previous servant had had so he's still in that stage of what's going to happen how is this going to work it's just, we're, we're all going to die. So Elisha makes a crazy declaration to get his attention. And when I use the word crazy, I mean faith crazy. And he answered, fear not. 
For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. I'll be very honest with you today. When, you know, we've been having the meetings with the architects and stuff like that, and it's all just kind of like, eh, and, then, and then this shows up, you know, and you're looking at it. And I'm like, oh. And in, in our current state and the current state of the economy and inflation and prices and everything, I mean, the numbers are just... At first, at first, there was a second where I was like, ah. And then it was like God said to me, like, it's a miracle, right? You need a miracle. So what, what, why even take the time to be afraid? Why even deal with the emotion of fear if it's going to take a miracle? be with us, he says to his servant as his servant is going. Oh, man. Oh, we're surrounded. It's just me and you. And you're old. And they've got horses and chariots and it's a, it's a huge force of people. And there's nothing we can do about it. And Elisha says, no, no. Hey, no, we're, we're good. We're good. You know, that we have a lot more for us than they have for them. The servant can only see Elisha in himself. But then Elisha begins to pray. Oh, hallelujah. Then he begins to pray. Vision casting is what it is. But prayer prayer about the vision is that's when the eyes are opened and Elisha prayed and said Lord I pray thee open his eyes that he may see and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha the enemy had Elisha surrounded, but God had the enemy surrounded. The enemy had soldiers and chariots, but God provided horses and chariots of fire. Before the day is done, and I won't preach the whole rest of the story, before the day is done, God takes the vision away from the Syrian army. And Elisha's servant has a new vision that will propel him forward in faith. So I need to declare to us who would listen today, you are not powerlessly positioned and destined for defeat. They that be with you are more than be with them. You just have to ask God to open your eyes. You just have to pray and say, God, give me a vision of faith and help me to see. Stand with me if you would today, please.
if you are in this place today and you're saying, preacher, I don't know that I've ever had a faith vision for my life. It just seems like life has just always happened and I've always just responded to what came each day and I don't even know what that would look like. I have good news for you today. God knows exactly what it looks like. And he's been wanting to show you for a long time. He's been wanting to show you for a long time what your life could be. What your marriage or home or relationships could be. What your purpose is. He's been wanting to show you a vision for a long time. And if you'll step forward today with a desire in your heart and say, not my will, but thy will be done, O Lord. I need to see, show me, show me, show me. And there are others here today that have maybe at some point in your life you've had that vision. But it seemed like it was a long time ago now and maybe you've made choices or decisions that have disconnected you from that vision. I want to remind you that God that gave you the vision in the first place is still the same God. And he sits upon the same throne and he has the same power and the same love for you today. And he wants to renew your vision. He wants to renew your vision. The front of this building, as some have already shown, is open for us to come and respond. Our altar area. And I would challenge everybody in this place to step out, to not be a spectator and not stand back today, but everybody to come. If you're living your vision, if you're living in your faith vision, you need to still come today. You need to still come today because God wants to show us. He wants to show us another step. He wants to show us another level. He wants to show us what the next thing is. When you get up here, would you begin to pray and talk to the Lord? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's begin to talk to the Lord. <laughs> I'm inviting everybody to come. I'm inviting everybody to come. And let's pray today. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.